Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Welcome back to Caustic Content. My name is Steve Cuff, and joining me today, I've got Adam Myros. Hey, Steve. Hey, Myros. And this is, of course, the show where Adam Myros and myself torture each other, basically. That's the long and short of it. We go on to the various streaming services on the internet, and we are on a mission to find the absolute worst thing humanly possible. And then each week we go head to head to see who's come up with the bigger pile of shit. And this week we've got a couple of real gems, don't we? Uh, we do. Uh, boy, I feel like uh, th- this project. You know, I was I was getting to the point where I'm like, oh, this is going pretty well. It's real easy to come up with content. Uh, maybe we should even start doing this weekly. Uh, mm-hmm. Then this happened, and I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe we should do it monthly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think I finally broke you. I, you know, and I'm down in the rankings right now. Yeah, it's two I'm nothing, down, two nothing, two nothing. Yeah, in your favor. But I think I finally found something that could mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally break any human being. I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, I thought I had a strong contender this week, but uh, boy, were you wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was out of my depth. Oh, God. Well, I, I guess we should kind of jump right into it. So, Myros, what what did I make you watch? Uh, you made me watch something called The Spy Who Boned Us from, from 2004. <laughs> Which, puzzlingly, is not pornography. So, what is this movie, exactly? Uh, it's 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 very it, it's not a movie it's not a movie at all <laughs> i i guess it's it's supposed to be a parody of well i i think i was reading some sort of description of the film uh i don't remember it might have been on youtube or something of that nature but it, it said that it was a parody in the vein of Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, or uh, the spy who loved me, and I'm like the, the spy who loves me. That that's just a movie. That's that's, being that's not a parody. It's not a parody. Also, <laughs> the Austin Powers movie. It's it's a parody of the James Bond films, right? That's the idea. Yeah, it is. It's in a fact, on a, James Bond, a parody of the spy who loved me. Well, I mean, the name is. Uh, so is is this movie The Spy Who Boned Us? Is it supposed to be a parody of a parody? No, it's a parody much the same as uh Austin Powers. Okay. You know, but and it actually doesn't have anything to do with the plot of the Austin Powers movie or of the actual James Bond movie, right? No, I I don't really even know why they framed it as such. I mean, honestly, well, outside of the fact that they should not have made this thing uh they should at the very least have probably framed it as like a charlie's angels parody yeah that's kind of really what it's it's more of i i suppose and let me let me just give you the quick rundown on this one so first of all i just want to say it's two hours long it feels every (laughs) fucking minute (laughs) yeah but despite the fact that it's it's two hours long which is you know it's it's a lot but it's not insurmountable this movie took me 
three days and three separate sittings with multiple breaks within those sittings to get through. And I want to know how long it took you to actually get through. Uh, I did it in, it was within a 24 hour period. There was definitely a, a sleep break in there. I tried to watch it last night and, uh, it didn't happen. It, it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm usually a pretty late night, uh, individual, but around about one o'clock, I was like, well, this, nope, not enough time in the world for this fucking shit. Nope. It's, uh, it's kind of a tough one to get through. Well, let's let's take a look at the description that Amazon has for us, and it says three lovely ladies, well endowed, curve boute, and me lay you are a trio with one thing in common: they've all been jilted by the same English spy, finely boned. Once united, the girls realize they have a common dream to become an international spy. Deployed to Afghanistan to end the reign of Ben Flatten's terrorism, the girls struggle to adjust to a new world with only themselves to rely on. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, oh god. <laughs> this... I, I don't know. I don't have context. Uh, this is... The worst thing. The, the worst thing. I, I don't think there's anything worse. This is the worst thing. Yeah, series is over. I, I did it. I found the worst thing. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I pray to God that you found the worst thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to see anything fucking worse than this. Um, Yeah, I, I guess all these things are fucking hilarious. Uh, ben Flatten, especially tasteful. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Um, and I, I, I didn't even recall them going to Afghanistan. I thought the foreign uh, power in question was the nation of Iraq. Yeah, no, no, no. They, uh, they, they go to Iraq first, or they hunt down some Iraqi terrorists because you can't say Iraq for some reason. And that's another weird thing. Like there are plenty of instances in this movie where they use actual names and actual locations, but then for some reason for Iraq they just call it Iraq. I, I don't because that's funny. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's, Is it supposed to be funny? That's the joke. Like oh. rap music. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. You, you <laughs> can tell how funny I think that is. But yeah, they they go to Afghanistan, which you know because one of the persistent problems in this movie, <laughs> which there are many. Is you know, you know how we always talk about how movies should show us and not tell us? This movie takes that to a whole new level because they show us on screen, the characters tell us what's going on, and then there's also like a crawl at the bottom of the screen that just like gives us running commentary about what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh all the time. This every every single scene almost starts with uh a text pop in i yeah it's really weird i've never seen anything like it before I, uh, there's a, re- a whole new way to be bad <laughs> there is a reason why you've, you've never seen anything like it before uh and that's because it's a fucking nightmare yeah it's it i mean that's really the long and short of it this movie finds new ways to be terrible which is impressive it's admirable but you know, unlike other movies that we've discussed before, like we always have been talking about 
since we started the series that Roller Gator is sort of our benchmark for the worst thing. And there are certain things that make that movie the worst thing. And while The Spy Who Boned Us doesn't have a 10-second loop of music that plays for 90 minutes straight, it might as well, because every single thing that this movie does is the worst, from the way it looks, from the acting, to the story, to the, the jokes. And I'm going to put some heavy finger quotes around jokes. <laughs> There's nothing redeemable. There's not a single thing in this movie where I stopped and said, well, that was okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fucking horribly racist. Uh, Transphobic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus. The... I, cuff, I have to ask, what, we have a process for finding these things, I suppose. I mean, we're not allowed to do any research on the subject. We're, we're sure, not allowed sure. to, to reach outside what the streaming service provides. So, you know, generally my, my process involves sort of combing through various genres and, uh, and just doing a lot of legwork. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of wondering where the hell you dug this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I did not research this at all. I actually just stumbled upon it. And the way that I stumbled upon it is I have a method for finding the movies that I've chosen for this series. And it, it's kind of like a, a Russian nesting doll method, if you will, where I have a point that I want to get to, but I, I can't get there yet because I don't know like what the name of the movie is, obviously, because I haven't discovered it yet. So I have to start with something bad. So in this case... I started with uh, the the third Austin Powers movie on Amazon. And then I went to the section that said, customers who watched this also watched. And then I found the worst low-budget thing in that list. And then I clicked that. And then I went to customers who watched this also watched again. And I went down about five layers. And after going down about five layers, uh, the spy who boned us popped up. And it's got a pretty remarkably shitty-looking cover to it like a movie poster so i clicked that and i watched the trailer and i knew instantly i had a winner well i don't know it does have uh, three and a half stars on amazon and a somewhat respectable 4.6 rating on imdb <coughs> yeah because the entire cast and crew decided to uh probably review it and, and they, this is- they couldn't even be bothered to rate it higher than a five <laughs> no i mean they have they have some dignity <laughs> what are you gonna do man but yeah, this movie is, um, wow, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's, it's largely incoherent, but basically it follows this guy um, named Finely Boned, and he is a spy who isn't very good at being a spy. He's very out in the open and just just kind of tooling around talking about how he's a spy well i don't know what is like who he works some he works for the un or something like that uh, yeah i i don't know it's yeah it's completely incoherent like what's his spying consist of he wants to get some cd roms or some fucking garbage but it yeah this is this is another thing where we've we've talked about how some of these movies that end up on amazon they kind of feel like I don't know, like a project you may have done in middle school or high school and like, you know, oh, we filmed a version of of Mice and Men and then we put it on YouTube and no, now it's found its way to Amazon. Like, it's not even that level. It's somehow dumber and more incoherent than that. So kudos. Yeah, if if you turn this into your high school film class, you're getting a fucking F. 
Yeah, you're getting an F. You're getting an F. This is not acceptable at any level. I don't think a third grader could make this, and, and it would be acceptable in any way. Just for the ADR alone, I think they'd flunk you the fuck out. Now, I want to talk about the ADR a little bit before we go back into the plot, because the ADR is... Mm, mm, ah, perfect. There's some weird shit going on here. So, oftentimes, we're definitely just getting the sound that they recorded when they were shooting the movie. And I know that because you can hear, like, street noise and all kinds of garbage in the background. And it's totally, like, unbalanced, unmixed, just sounds like trash. Then occasionally we get regular ADR, which mm, nine times out of ten doesn't actually line up with their lips or anything. Oh, but, God. Okay. It's not okay. synced at fuck at all. <laughs> no. But then it gets weirder. So there's several instances in this movie where... One, it sounds like they realized some at some point during the editing process that like a line was totally unlistenable. So it sounds like they called the actor via cell phone and then just asked them to recite the line <laughs> because suddenly the already bad audio quality just turns into like garbled, crackling nonsense. <laughs> so that that's pretty cool. And then it gets even better. Because there are other instances where it is very clear, very clear, that they couldn't even get the character to re-record the line, and it's just, I don't know if it's the director or just someone else, and they're just doing an impersonation of that character and saying the line that's supposed to be there. And that's horrifying to me. Well, I'm sure these these actors were all booked solid. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they they are quite quite. <laughs> they're great. They're a listers. Let's say that. Well, let's just say I'd be surprised if the majority of them have made a single other film. <laughs> Probably not. Uh yeah. So this this is a mess. But so we we got this guy, this finely boned guy, and then you've got these these. Three women who have, you know, goofy, infantile, sexy names. And we see throughout the course of the beginning of this movie that uh, the secret agent finally boned has has somehow screwed them over, uh, usually in some horribly racist, sexist, terrible fashion. Um, I think the absolute worst is the instance with Miss Curve Boutet, where... <laughs> Uh, this, well, by God, it can't be this unseen. Is, this is this this is layers to this. So, all of a sudden, there's he's with her in like a hotel room, and they're about to get sexy with each other. And uh, there's a knock at the door, and lo and behold, it's like the Sultan of some made up, vaguely racist sounding uh, country from the Middle East, and it's just a black guy. Dressed like fucking, I don't know, he's in a thousand and one Arabian Nights over here. Uh, so he's dressed up like fucking like Sinbad or, or someone from Aladdin. <laughs> and, but it's just a black guy. And then he has this like a poo, just fake Indian accent going on. And he's wearing like a diaper that he like shits in. Yes. And he talks about how he shits all over his tandoori chicken or something and then uh, finally bone 
makes her have sex with him. So it's just, it's probably the most horrible thing that's ever been committed to film, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, it just goes on and on. Like everything in this movie, it's just like endless fucking pain. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it's as racist as, as could possibly be. Yeah. And, and the whole and rest also of the movie is just alluded to that she's becoming a vegetarian because of apparently the taste of his soiled dick. Yeah. They ruined it for, um, which is, and, and that's like, a, yeah, it's like a long running joke that goes through, like they reference it probably five times and it's, it's just a, a rape joke that was built on a racism joke, which is, which is, it's not the it's, only, uh, it's not the only rape involved in, in this finely boned characters. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's really into that. So the, the other character who is again, a racist caricature and her name is me, lay you. Uh, she's at a brothel that finally Bone likes to go to to, you know, do his boning. Yeah, it's <laughs> and not clear I, why I, he's there, honestly. I, no, it's not clear Spy at all. reasons? <laughs> I, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know. I don't even think they say. But And then he allegedly is supposed to rescue her, but he doesn't? And he just, like, leaves her as a sex slave in a brothel? Yes, so that he could sleep with the madam of the brothel instead. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Wellen Dowd, who is played by actor, director, producer, musician, Carrie Kane Sparks. And writer. And writer. My mistake. I forgot. I, I should not have shortchanged her in that way. And um, she is also sexually assaulted, thanks to Finally Bone, because she tries to suck his dick in a public coffee shop under the table and then he gets up and runs into again some sort of racist caricature (laughs) and then he has the racist caricature sit down in his seat at the coffee shop and then she sucks his dick that's that's about it yeah so it's good it's uh, real good well don't worry folks this guy gets uh, a a redemption arc you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course. Miley Bone totally gets his redemption. Every all's forgiven. No big deal. Well, he doesn't really do anything to be redeemed, but you know, no, literally nothing. <laughs> but basically, these women decide at some point that they're going to join together because they've all been screwed over by Mister Finely Boned, and they're going to they're going to become their own spy agency because that's the thing you can do. You just got to start that. Myros, what's the name of the spy agency? Uh, the Three Pink Potatoes? That's that's correct. <laughs> well, that's the uh, initial name, at the least. The original, the original. That lasts about 10 minutes. And then they, they decided they need a boss. Uh, so they, they hire someone to be their boss. And once they have her, they change their name to Quattro Pink, except it's not Quattro. Quadro Pink. <laughs> it's, it's spelled Quadro. I think it's... <laughs> Maybe it involves water in some way. I'm not certain, but I don't. I, think I don't so. know. But but they make a explicit reference to it because <coughs> there's another woman who comes along who turns out to be like an interloping counter spy woman. And when she joins, they're like, "Oh, we'll call it Cinco Pink. That's Mexican too." I'm like, "Oh God." <laughs> yes, it, it's spelled Q U A D R O, which is it's not even. In the ballpark. (laughs) 
No, uh, and, and and that's I don't think that's played as a joke. I could be wrong. It's hard to tell what's supposed to be a joke in this movie when everything is so just aggressively unfunny. Yeah, the boss character as well, who is uh, I, I guess is the money penny character. Uh, yeah, is initially credited as I can't even re- recall the name. Something to do with quarter. Quarter uh, pitch. Quarter pitch, yes. And then uh, inexplicably, for no reason whatsoever, the name is, is immediately changed to Dime Bag. And yeah. her her entire character is that she smokes weed. Yeah. Uh, but she, the actress doesn't seem to know how to... Uh, smoke a cigarette much much less do anything involving marijuana so it's it's just like why 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 make this choice yeah that's that's pretty good was the the joke was just so good you had to shoehorn it into this actress Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I feel like a lot of things in this movie like a lot of the effort just went into naming stuff which you can tell they're very proud of that. Yeah, but I rap. There's, there's not a lot going on. I rap instead of Iraq. And what's the name of the news? The news channel again? Do you remember Dope News or something like that? Oh God, I don't remember that. I remember the end with the instead of the FBI, it's the IBS. Yeah, which the international would, bullshit. Yeah, you would think is an irritable bowel syndrome joke, but instead it's immediately uh just signposted as standing for international bullshit which uh yeah that's 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 undercutting your own puerile joke <laughs> yep it's it's good it's a lot of a lot of good stuff yeah so there's god another thing you have to understand if you have not watched this yet uh, yeah one, jesus don't, christ don't, jesus fucking christ don't, unless you you truly want to stare into the void and you want to see what the worst movie is, <clears throat> don't watch this. But if you do, I can't even begin. Like, we, we haven't even talked on, like, the technical aspects of this. This does not look like a movie you've ever seen in any sense of the word. There's no, uh, there's no coherency to what's going on visually. There's no, uh, like, coherent editing. There's... The visuals, Jesus Christ. Like, anytime there's any natural light, the entire shot is just blown out like a fucking angel has ripped the sky open. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's... Uh, everything is... Like, there's there's no white balance. There's no anything. Uh, any interior shot just looks dark and murky. Everything's flat. It's this ugly, grainy, digital uh, look. And it's just... Jesus Christ. I- I've never seen a movie that's more aesthetically repugnant than this film it's it's vile (laughs) in how it looks yeah i would think it would be you know if i wasn't privy to the year i would have said this was a cell phone for sure oh yeah yeah uh but it looks like like if you watch the blair witch and you see the the vhs camera like the camcorder footage and that's supposed to look grainy because it's supposed to be like you know a camcorder this is that but it's not found footage it's on a tripod Although sometimes they forget the tripod, because there's plenty of times, too, where you can tell that someone yells action, but they're still adjusting the camera. So you see them, like, they they can't even, like, frame the shot properly, and the camera's just kind of, like, moving to try and center itself. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. And, well, you know, I I mean, we'll 
probably get into it. We probably got to go a little more into the plot, but you know, uh, just just as a, a quick aside, how how much was Butter Witch Project made for? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like ten grand. I think it was. 15? I think it was ten grand. Yeah. So you know, cut them some slack. This probably costs in in a similar ballpark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, anyhow, moving on. The the plot that pretty much is the plot. The, mm-hmm. There is no plot. I, I there's no plot. I guess their spy agency is tasked with trying to stop an embassy bombing, which for whatever reason finally boned undercuts them and causes many American citizens abroad to be killed for mm-hmm. nebulous reasons. J- just to, yeah. just to uh, I don't know. Get something over these three ladies? Yeah, just because... No, because they're bitches. He says that at one point. Ah. Because uh, his female companion is just like, what do you have against these girls? And he just says, you know, they're bitches. That's why I'm going to let an American embassy get bombed. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Great guy, this fellow. Um, And then they get a secondary mission to... Uh, my God, I don't know. Ben Flatten's beard has a nuclear bomb in it. And he's planning yeah. to blow up Afghanistan, but then they take the beard back to Los Angeles. So he's instead going to blow up Los Angeles via production of some movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they thought... They had evacuated, like, again, this movie does have a uh, a George Bush and Dick Cheney uh, floating around in it as well. Mm-hmm. And they, they are allowing this scheme with the movie to go off. Uh, it's, it's some sort of false flag thing, throw it in at the end for no reason, because uh, we haven't offended enough people. But uh, yeah. Bush and Cheney have decided to allow this terror ac- terrorist action to take place. Because they have secretly evacuated the buildings uh, in the area, and this would make a grand spectacle for the nation to rally around. Mm-hmm. Um, this has nothing to do with the 9-11 conspiracy <laughs> theory, trust me. No, nothing at all. But uh, Ben Flatten, having anticipated this action, has hired something in the neighborhood of a million extras to stand in the buildings that that would be blown up. And Oh, yeah, which this is great. This is actually one of my favorite things about the movie because the person who wrote and directed and, and, and did this entire thing, she, if you look at her IMDb page, she's clearly done a lot of work as an extra. And there's this point where the movie sort of detours itself for five minutes just so it could stand on a soapbox and talk about how extras are mistreated in films. Extras are people <laughs> too, man. Uh, yeah, that's, they deserve craft services, damn it. Yeah, so I, I guess that's like... I don't even know how much... I lost track of all time and space when watching this, so I'm not sure how much <laughs> is devoted to this plot it doesn't seem like much more than about a quarter i think the bulk of no. it is, is just these three people meandering about uh, going to a a vegetarian restaurant uh several times several times several times and this is a problematic restaurant as well let us oh yeah. oh yeah which it's the, the restaurant is is run by a uh like asian stereotype mixed with, like, a sassy trans woman stereotype. 
And there's actually an entire scene where they like basically call her him. So they misgender this woman that's working in the, the vegetarian restaurant and then they beat the shit out of her. But it's like played for both laughs and, and framing them as the heroes in this situation. All because they're, they were dicks. Yes, and they, they wanted came into to a order vegan restaurant. bacon at a vegan restaurant. Which yeah, which, they're like, I want bacon with extra cheese, and, and which was, was in like, fact provided uh, to them. It was yes, <laughs> it was provided somehow. The uh, vegan restaurant had bacon and extra cheese available, and uh, then they still complained and just misgendered this woman and beat the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, uh, I. I, man. Also, whatever. This restaurant is just like clearly a pizza place. Uh, it just has a pizza oven in it and a, like nothing else. Just a pizza. There's oven. an actual pizza. sign on the wall that says pizza delivery. It has the phone number. <laughs> yeah. And they don't seem to have access to vegetables or considering no. they all order hamburgers. Everything they receive just appears to be like fake ferns like jammed <laughs> between a two piece like of bread grain bed, yeah. yeah um so again fuck this movie yeah and it should be noted too that any discussion of the plot is meaningless because there are at least i i count at least six or seven times where this movie could have just ended and it would have been I mean, it wouldn't have been fine. The whole thing is not fine. <laughs> would have been better than continuing. to go on for two hours. Yeah, it's better than continuing. <laughs> but I was trying to think uh, with a, a movie that's full of horrible gags and horrible bits. What is the absolute worst gag or bit? And I think I have it. And that's because, like most of the bad things in this film. It's like an onion. There's there's layers that you just peel back. There's just more and more. Uh, uh, and, and that gag is uh, it, it is the beach scene where they are <laughs> using a pen to determine in the sand where finely boned is located. But this is a top secret tracking pen, and because they are moving the pen. To like draw in the sand, it like throws off his GPS coordinates because yes. that's how GPS works. They move the the pen, uh, maybe a foot total, that, total the entire time. The entire has, time, <laughs> move like, foot. Oh, my GPS! Rawr, what's going on? And this goes back and forth for what feels like forever, just forever. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know is, what finally is, bones uh, like motives were in this scenario uh, either. Like, what? Why was he? Tracking them via GPS. Uh, what was his aim? He never like seeks no. to meet up with them at any point. No, he doesn't. And this is this is the other aspect of this. So he has this tracking pen, which he has planted on them, and he's able to track where they're at. So and he I, finds out. I see where this where, is at because I, I I was questioning this myself. Yeah, and and he he finds out where their hideout is. He is literally at their hideout at one point. Okay? He's been there. He knows where it is. And he has the tracking pen. And by my estimation, there are at least two other tracking pens in this movie. 
Yeah, that that was my big mystery on this subject was that after the beach scene in which I believe the pen remains in their possession, right? Mm Mm-hmm. it, it basically the next sort of thrust of this plot is that finally Bone is is sending his newest paramour to infiltrate their uh, their spy organization with the end goal of placing a tracking pen in their hideout, which mm-hmm. which they already have a tracking pen in their fucking hideout. Why, why yeah. is any of this happening? And then, and then she's already there, so she knows what's going on. Right. And then she places the tracking pen, and then there's a, there's another thing with the tracking pen too. Again, and he's just like, "Why didn't you place it?" And she does place it, and I I don't I just don't know what's going on. So there's two to three tracking pens in this movie, none of which are used for any like conceivable purpose. Yeah, and, and I think when she places it, they immediately are like, I see, that's a tracking pen. And it's just like an elaborate excuse for a shitty fucking cat fight, because Lord knows that's what we needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's very, very good. Love this movie. And you got to understand, too, people, when we're saying things like, oh, they take her back to her the spy headquarters, it's just some asshole's living room. Or, oh, they go visit the president at the White House. It's another asshole's living room. And in the background, there's just palm trees. So clearly they're not in fucking Washington, even though they're saying they're at the White House. See, I think you're giving too much credit here. I I tend to think it's probably not multiple asshole's living rooms. I think it's like the same asshole's living room and dining room and den. Yeah, (laughs) just different, different angles. That makes sense. That makes more sense. You're right. I gave him too much credit here. Well, you know, you can't. They just didn't have the money for locations. No. And when they go to Afghanistan, um, it seems to be like that, that hiking trail around the Hollywood sign. And then uh, I think the they go to a brothel in Afghanistan for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think to make more sexist, racist jokes. And uh, that's just like a fucking tent set up next to the like the 405 freeway. It's it's not it's not anything. This is. <laughs> No one's trying. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It I mean, it doesn't take that much effort to get to desert from Los Angeles. No, no effort at all. And this is, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around it. So, Myros, <laughs> you were doing a little digging on IMDb. <laughs> and you pointed out uh, that this movie was made for an interesting sum of money. <laughs> Four million dollars. <laughs> Four million dollars. That's that's uh, that's the that's the estimate. Oh no, that's that's not how, the budget. That's the oh no, it is the budget. It is the budget. Uh, I was looking for the box office numbers, which are not given well, to us because I'm guessing possibly the answer, that is zero dollars. <laughs> so this this is allegedly made for four million dollars. I'm not sure how that number came to be. Um, I'm guessing whoever owns the nice house that was the White House and, and the spy headquarters, that's probably their money. Uh, someone was duped. I don't know where that money went. It, it, probably, I would have to assume, into uh, Ms. Carrie Kane Sparks' wallet. <laughs> so the other thing I found here is I was trying to Google uh, Ms. Carrie Kane Sparks, and she, when she was trying to launch her movie studio and uh, launch the initial release of The Spy 
Who Boned Us, which she dubbed the first comedy about terrorism. Thank God. Someone had to do it. She went on Indiegogo, and she did a campaign for an odd amount, $66,875. That's what she was looking for. Uh, You want to guess how much she raised? Well, it is Indiegogo, so any money she raised goes directly to her, so... Either way, yep. it's a win. But I, I should, yep. I should hope she did not raise the money. Uh, no, she raised forty five dollars from three backers. All right. Well, the, uh, she had already apparently filed Daddy Warbucks, so uh, not going to shed a tear. <laughs> yeah. So what? <laughs> there's there's three people who are listed as backers. Um. Someone named just Wani twenty five is their is their screen name on Indiegogo and they donated twenty five bucks. Someone named Elia Saldana, who donated fifteen dollars. And then someone named Shadow Dragu Mihai. <laughs> and I was like, why does that look familiar? But this person donated five dollars. And the reason this person looks familiar is because they're credited with a bunch of shit in this movie, in the spy who boned us. And I think uh, this person is a regular collaborator. With Miss Carrie Kane Sparks. <laughs> See now, if you had told me that the budget for this film was forty five dollars, yeah, I would believe you. I mean, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> is they did this Indiegogo campaign? They were shooting for sixty six thousand or whatever, and they're like, "Well, we got forty five bucks, so let's still make the movie." But where's this four million dollar figure coming from? <laughs> I don't know. I have <laughs> zero clue. There is no way this. Uh, I there's no way this costs more than uh, like a hundred dollars. Like where what what possibly cost any money in this? Uh, there's a few special effects that she probably paid someone to do a small fee, and that's that's about it. Uh, I don't I don't know. And oh boy, the special effects of which there are very few. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part where they turn into robots at the end of the movie for no fucking reason. Yeah, this it just turns into fucking like anime at the end. I don't know what happens, but yeah, for some reason they they turn into robots and by robots we mean like Windows 95 screensaver robots. Yeah, with this like a with, flat picture of their respective faces like pasted <laughs> fucking Game Boy camera JPEG just pasted on there. <laughs> Holy shit. It is shockingly bad. And uh, I I don't even know, man. And I also like to, towards the end when they turn into robots and things are getting real bad, uh, the on-screen, like, just random text comments that pop up, they just amp up (laughs) at the end, too. So you're getting a lot more of those. (laughs) So. Oh, God, I want to die. I do not like this movie. I did not enjoy it. I had a very bad time. Uh, 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 yeah, again, this this is beyond. This is this is just too much. Yeah, <laughs> this it's, movie. It's I, the worst movie. I, I, I think it may be the worst movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's certainly possible. Quite possible. Why? I just, why is it so long? Can't. Couldn't it be like eighty minutes? <laughs> no, that that'd be too too nice. This can't possibly be more than eight. You make this movie, it can't be more than eighty minutes. That's just the rule of thumb. 
Well, and we, as I said, there's multiple narrative threads that are tied up where the movie could just end, and it doesn't. It just finds a new place to go, and it's a place where I don't want it to go because that means the movie is continuing. <laughs> or just plenty of narratives that, well, I mean, you could easily cut everything, but there's plenty of narratives that are totally superfluous that, like, why is the the whole embassy bombing in the film... Now, yeah. uh, why is again this this uh, demonica character uh, who infiltrates their organization in the film that doesn't serve yeah. any purpose? Immediately disappears after uh, this scene with a tracker. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't actually do anything except they have that weird shopping scene, and and that's the other thing too. Now, uh, Carrie Kane Sparks is a woman, and I find it troubling that. It, it seems like she doesn't know how to write dialogue or situations for women at all. And that could be a, a byproduct of the fact that I don't think she knows how to write anything at all. But it, it's particularly odd that none of these women behave like normal humans. They're all like space aliens to me. They don't... It's like somebody told you every stereotype about women that exists and then you just built a poorly constructed character around those stereotypes, but also you didn't even really listen that well when they were telling you about the stereotypes. I, I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I just, nothing makes sense. Oh, there's also all. that weird digression where dime bag, like sprays herself with aerosol and then turns back into quarter pitch and seduces finely boned for like, 30 seconds? Yeah, and I don't I don't know what that is either, because Quarter Pitch and Dimebag are the same person. Yeah, they don't look the any different. No. Uh, well, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck this movie. Fuck it. I mean, most of the things we watch on here are, to me, going to be akin to, like, Revenge of the Animals, where you're like, I don't really get it. Why are you putting this out in the in the ether? Yeah, you know, sure. just uh, you had fun making it. Great, it's fucking unwatchable. It shouldn't be on Amazon. Uh, be mm. rid of it. But you know, sure, it's harmless. You you were just having some fun with friends. This this is something else because these are just like actresses who were just like, oh, I'm gonna make my own project, and it's just like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> You think you're gonna show this to a producer yeah. or something? Jesus fuck! It's uh, oh boy, yeah. It's I don't even know, man. You have to be somewhat familiar with the industry <coughs> if you're yeah. working in the industry and living in, in Los Angeles. You think this is gonna do anyone any good? This is just no. a fucking embarrassment. It's a colossal embarrassment, and and also we talked about how I mean. It is a technical disaster. Like, every single level of production in this movie is utter trash. And I'm not even talking, like... We watch these low-budget movies, and there's an expectation that it's not going to be fucking perfect. And you get, you get kind of a margin of error with these things. And this is way beyond that. This is just... It's utter trash. And on top of that, it's... It's poorly written. It goes on forever. It's... It's fucking super racist and super transphobic. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, 
Birdemic. It's funny because it's bad. There's nothing funny here because there is nothing less funny than someone trying to be funny when they're not. It's just embarrassing. And that's part of the reason why this movie feels so long is not only is it horribly written and and put together, but it's so unfunny that it's uncomfortable to watch. And then, yeah, it's like, what if instead of being hilariously inept and kind of about environmentalism, uh, Birdemic was just super racist? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I and again, I I it's another movie where I'm I question motives. I'm just like, what? Uh you can enjoy a trash movie when it has sort of a bewildering, endearing quality to it where you're like, okay, this person's from outer space. Uh they don't know what humans are. But uh, sure. And this movie has that, but it's done in a way that's just not fun or it's engaging. Fu- you can't at all. you can't make like a a parody slash societal commentary type film, which this endeavors to be to an extent. It's just like you can't do that. You can't do it. It's, no. it's everything is so awful. This movie feels like it is forty hours long. Like I. It, I would agree with that. Please, no one in the audience watch this. But if you do, good fucking luck to you. Good fucking luck. This, I'm not exaggerating. I have seen some shit in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not novices here. We've seen the worst of the worst. And this is just a step beyond. Yep. This is the worst thing. (laughs) It is the absolute worst thing. I'm not even going to say it's the worst movie. It's just the worst thing. It is the worst thing. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. In all categories of things, it is the worst. <laughs> uh, I it's it's one of these movies where you feel like you can feel a brain tumor growing in your skull as you sit down and watch. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. You think we can nail down an interview with Carrie Kane Sparks and and maybe ask her some questions? I just want to ask her what, just why, why. You know, that's, that's all I want to know. That's probably doable. I'd be interested to ask her about a certain financial figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, what is this money? <laughs> what, we can't tell if this movie w- was made for $45 or $4 million that you pocketed. Can you please confirm? Well, maybe I want to know if she <laughs> cell phone ADR'd it or not. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure she cell phone ADR'd it. Maybe she used it to record her album of... 90s R&B that plays around this <laughs> Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about the music. There's some hot 90s R&B jams that just drown out the dialogue, which I, I think that's probably an improvement over the dialogue, maybe. If I had a choice between bad 90s R&B and bad jokes in a shitty parody film, I guess I'll go with the R&B. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the R&B. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for drowning out your own dialogue. But I guess. Again, Carrie, to you. Carrie Kane Sparks, you don't have to be a jack of all trades. You know, you, your music no. is, is not my bag, but, uh, you know, if you'd put it out uh, 15 years earlier, you'd be you'd be a moderate success, probably. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like you do it all right in the, the sure. extra acting world. You've got some credits to your name. Just stick with that. She's not like... An abysmal actress in this, but Jesus, no. not everyone is a filmmaker. She's not good, but she's she's probably better than everyone. I think. I think so. I, I think she has more of a screen presence than anyone else in the film. I'll say that. Yeah, she's she's got presence. I'll give her that. 
Uh, yeah. It's a uh, hoo boy. Um, now, one quick little factoid about Carrie Kane Sparks before we leave this movie and, and go on to your choice. Not that we really need to, because as we've established, this is the worst movie, so there's nothing that's worse than this. Uh, Carrie Kane Sparks was a producer on a little 2004 movie called Life, Death, and Mini Golf. So she she didn't she didn't act in this one she didn't direct thank God just produced is this a movie this is a movie okay I saw this on YouTube as well but there seemed to be there was a a short segment called life and a short segment called golf the death mm. seemed to be missing but no the death was missing that's that's a shame this one is is interesting though because it it shows a, a strange uh, connection. Between a very famous person and Carrie Kane Sparks, like two ships passing in the night. Because one of the stars of Life, Death, and Mini Golf from 2004, a very young Kristen Wiig. Wow. <laughs> and what I can only assume is probably her first like film credit. And I, I watched the trailer for this one, and it's about the same like visual quality as the spy who boned us, but it seems slightly better written because it was written by not Carrie Kane Sparks and slightly better directed because it was directed by not Carrie Kane Sparks. But uh, just a little oddity there that Carrie Kane might have had a good sit down with uh, Kristen Wiig and, you know, made her do a table reading for her or something. Well, Kristen Wiig hopefully passed on this particular film. And uh, <laughs> if she hadn't, we might have an alternate reality where... Oh, God. Her career was submarined. <laughs> um, By the SS Gary K. <laughs> the, oh, Jesus. Every, I, uh. I'm trying to... Okay, am I blind or not? I'm trying to figure... I do not see on the IMDb page who is credited as finely boned. I wonder if he removed himself. <laughs> he may have removed himself. Um, well, and I think Kristen Wiig... She's she's not like readily like you, you don't see her on on the life death and mini golf um, IMDb page initially like yeah I think maybe it's a Seymour cast thing where you it just kind of like hide her down yeah I, yeah I, she's I the last person listed on the, when you click Seymour cast she's trying to hide herself but it's awesome because when you go to Carrie Kane Sparks website or if you look this movie up on Amazon where it is also streaming. Uh, it's just like giant floating picture of young Kristen Wiig. It's just like starring Kristen Wiig. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that probably moved like good. five DVDs, man. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Or just upset a lot of people on Amazon. That that seems more likely, but you know. Uh yeah. It's I I don't know who played Finally Bone. No, I, I figured it out. His name is uh, Rob Hughes. Uh, okay. Uh, this seems to be the same guy, and and it is amusing if he, he were to take himself off of this film because he he doesn't exactly have a robust resume. So we'll say that he, yeah. he has eleven credits. Uh, one, two, three, four, five of those are short films, mm. <laughs> and yeah. uh, none of them are anything you've ever heard of. Well, and and I have bad news. Um, <laughs> Cassandra Cade, who played. Curve Boutte, the worst actress in the worst movie featuring all of the worst people. Um, she's never done anything else. 
It's a uh, shame. This does not trap me. I was really going to dive into her ooh later, but uh, I did not. <sighs> Nothing else to watch. Really, really a shame. Okay. We got to move away from this, or I'm just going to... I'm getting depressed just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is... All right, Myros. Okay. So I thought I had a pretty good contender this week. Uh, I, I picked this film uh, on the basis of its its fantastic Amazon description more than anything. Well, yeah, could you, could you actually read that out loud if you don't mind? I, I will do so. Also, the cover is it just looks like hell. Um, it's pretty poorly photoshopped. Yes, and the color choices could stand to be better. Uh, <laughs> That's being generous. <laughs> um, all right, let's read this synopsis as as placed on Amazon.com. This is not Wikipedia. This is not IMDb. Not generally a, a user edited uh, medium. So, presumably, this is put up by someone associated with the film. Uh, A, the director is listed in all lowercase letters for some reason, but uh, beyond that, it is our synopsis reads, After the sheriff of a small town, though he killed the monster that killed six towns people by ripping (laughs) their, T-H-E-R-E, hearts, H-A-R-T-S, out and eating them, find it has returned looking for revenge. Now he's relay pissed and is stalking the lawmen. We have no space between this and the next sentence. Uh, The sheriff, (laughs) which is capitalized for some reason, uh, should have make sure it was dead before trying to bury it. This award-winning film will make you think about saying a prayer before B-E-F-O-R uh, going to sleep at night. Wow, that sounds spooky. Yes. Uh, also, I have not seen any mention of awards that this film has won. I mean, Revenge of the Animals, at least, was kind enough to tell us uh, the festival that named yeah. it such a staunch winner but this uh does not appear to have won any awards that just is thrown in there for no reason at all (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not seeing anything if it didn't win an award it's certainly not readily available um i'm I'm, yeah i'm not there's nothing on imdb Uh, i I didn't dive too far into this one so you know maybe if i looked at the director's website or something i could find the film festival i get the sense this director doesn't have a website (laughs) yeah i i don't I don't know, man. That's <laughs> I highly doubt this won anything. Yeah, something tells me this director's about uh, my dad's age, lives in some yeah. sort of rural area, uh, probably mm-hmm. has never heard of the internet. Um, so probably some relative of his posted this. Probably like his his like six year old great nephew or something. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, so this this movie is called Fireworms from director William Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not listed as such, and I did not know this going in. Uh, I, I found out after the fact that this is, in fact, a sequel to William Nelson's earlier opus, uh, Snapped. Uh, ah, well, and I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up because 
I like my my first note that I wrote down is this is fucking nuts <laughs> because roughly a million things happen in the first like opening two minutes of this movie. Like there's a, a, like an abused kid, and then there's a dead farmer, and then there's dead cops, and then there's a newscast, and there's like a pig zombie, and all this shit is just happening. Right, and it's not presented in a like recap fashion either. It's just like quick succession of scenes and you're like what is what the fuck is happening uh i i don't know (laughs) so yeah because this is a sequel and we had no idea because it's not listed as such anywhere uh it it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense uh there is some sort of pig man uh out and about killing Mm -hmm. people uh, it seems like in the first film he was meant to have been eating people's hearts, but that seems to have been abandoned here. He just kind of kills people and eats them. Uh, so I guess there's uh, some sort of radioactive worms in a, a, a mine shaft that are, are causing this problem. Uh, it, you, yeah. you would think this would lead to it being more of a, a plague film. That's That's kind of what I was expecting uh sure we would have ourselves so, some sort of no, there's, there's just one zombie though just the one pig zombie right i guess there's a stinger at the end but that's about it um yeah so there's just one zombie uh the sheriff kind of gets juiced by a bunch of the the glow worms and you're again you're just like expecting okay well here it comes zombies but no the movie is is just a, a meandering Nothing, wherein this sheriff uh, deals with various people in town and uh, tries to stop this pig man from uh, murdering other people. He doesn't really do that, though. (laughs) The sheriff fucking rules in this movie. I love the sheriff because, and this isn't an exaggeration, he's just pissed the entire time. That's his own, like, he's just agitated as fuck. And people are just like, hey, Sheriff, do you think you could go check out the mine? Someone went missing. And he's just like, fuck you, you fucking fuck. And then he just kicks a bucket. He's like, I'll fucking go. Sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah. He's, he's uh, mad about everything. He's a real Trump voter type who's like, I'm going to go fishing instead. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to make America great again, but like he's he's dragging his feet the whole way. Uh, yeah, so he, like, resigns the sheriff and is replaced by a younger, more militant sheriff who immediately mm-hmm. dies. Immediately. He, oh, yeah. Two minutes in, just, bah, done. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm going to assume this character exists in the, in the first film, because we're, part of the opening montage is, is this fellow throwing grenades at something somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, so, again, I, at the time, I was like, what the fuck's? What what's going on though? The guy's got grenades, uh, but there are no grenades in this film uh, outside of that that first little blip there. So he, yeah, just dies, and the old man sheriff takes back over immediately, and mm-hmm. things go on as before, where he's dealing with gossipy bureaucrats and uh, not stopping murders at all. Uh, he's he's basically. Uh, he's convinced that the killer is coming after him. The pig man will come for him, as foretold by some drugged-out shaman character. Mm-hmm. So he seems, even though he's the law in the town, his primary concern seems to be with making sure the pig man doesn't kill him. So instead of actually being proactive about this, he he mostly just kind of booby traps his own house. 
Yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's a very Home Alone setup, uh, honestly. That's <laughs> where he dresses as Santa Claus for some reason. It's not. A, he does dress as Santa Claus. I like that part. Yeah, it's it's not a Christmas film. Uh, not at no, all. It definitely <laughs> takes place in the summer. It's like Washington State. Yeah, it's, uh, I I don't. Yeah, th- this is a weird one because I I mean again in my notes I wrote almost competent question mark. <laughs> And there's a few times where it's like, oh, like that was a real edit or that was a real shot. Or there's some parts when the sheriff is going through the mine shaft where it like switches to this first person camera. And it's like, oh, you're doing stuff like you thought about this. It still isn't good, but you thought about it and you did something. So that's a thing. <laughs> uh, you were you were kinder to this movie than I was. I This is another movie that suffers tremendously from audio editing. Uh, it's all over the fucking map. There were, there were multiple points in the film where I had to rewind to see what a character had said and then just gave up. I was like, well... I- yeah, a, a lot of times the audio either gets drowned out or just cuts out completely, which is kind of weird. And there's also clearly flubbed lines that are just kept in. And they're just like, ah, oh, we don't need another take. Keep, keep that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's this movie's terrible. Uh, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Oh, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad. But again, like you start to have different standards for what terrible is once you start watching this shit. Right. Yeah. I again, I think it'd be a, a fine contender most weeks. But I watched this after uh, your fantastic choice, and mm-hmm. and it just flew by. It was like a summer breeze. Yeah. Yeah. I, this one was a joy. Uh, there's another thing that I want to address with you because I don't know how or what's going on here. There's some weird shit going on with the camera or cameras in this movie that I don't understand. Uh, so most of the time it looks like most of these movies look, which is just flat, digital, dull, whatever, cheap. And then there's two other looks that pop up in the movie, and I don't know what they're from. One is also shitty and digital, but it's noticeably darker and has a like a blue tint to it. Did you notice the scenes with like the weird blue tint for no reason? I did, yeah. And the other one is it, I don't know if it's B-roll or what, but it looks almost like 8mm or something. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly it. It, lo- it looks like it's, it's shot on like a 16mm or an 8mm yeah. camera. Like there's actual film grain to it. And it's really jarring because it's not like these are, it, it doesn't feel like an aesthetic choice to set the mood or the you know the scene or anything it's like they could be cutting in between dialogue right and all of a sudden it's blue all of a sudden it's grainy super eight and this this happens a lot like probably a half dozen times for each of these styles and i don't know why this happens it is it is very strange i guess they just had multiple cameras and figured they (laughs) they would all mesh nicely but especially considering that the bulk of it has to be digital, it seems like it would be a tremendous pain in the ass to edit in Super Eight. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand any of it. it. It's it's really really an odd choice. Now, the other question that I have for you, and this is kind of a broader question about all the stuff that we're watching, is extreme racism uh, just sort of baked in to the modern bad horror movie. <laughs> Is is that a new thing? What? Wait, was there a great deal of racism in this film? I'm. Oh yeah, the shaman character. 
Oh yeah, I guess he was. I I guess he was Native American. (laughs) Well, no, it was clearly a white guy. Right, but I think that was the intent. Certainly, I I don't know that there was anyone of color. That's that's why the question threw me. I'm like, what? This movie's as white as can be. Yeah, of course. That's (laughs) why, because they had some white guy play the fucking. It was just like. Hey there, big wampum zombie. Want to smoke the peace pipe and have some herbs? And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? What and the character doesn't even do a damn thing. No, yeah, he gives medicine to the pig man. Uh, but he doesn't do anything. No, nothing at all. Nothing at He's, all. It's totally useless. He's just like plopped in there for like racist comic relief, I guess. And he doesn't get killed, and he doesn't get, like, like, nothing happens to him. There's no reason for this character to exist, and yet there he is. This movie also, one of my favorite uh, shitty things it does is its foley foley work is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's really good. There's all this cave stuff with this cave in, again, I think related to the previous film. uh, Where they're they're digging around in this cave, trying to find some corpses. Yeah. and so he's moving rocks about, which are clearly like foam brick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, either that or he's fucking a hulking old man that I'm just not noticing his, his brute strength. But he's really hefting these boulders about. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time it's like someone had like an ice mountain bottle or something where they're just like. Like, I love I love the uh, the the grass sounds too. Anytime anybody walks anywhere near vegetation, it sounds like they have just like a, an entire room full of empty Amazon boxes that they're all fucking just like diving into. It's awesome. Uh, they tried, you know, they went overboard on the yeah. the foley. I mean, it has foley work. That that's yeah. a thing that a lot of these movies don't have. That's true. That's true. It maybe didn't need it, but they did it. Yeah. I don't know if and it I, I think this is this is the difference between like a William Nelson and uh, a Carrie Kane Sparks, where I, I think William Nelson probably went to film school, uh, where he was a D student. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He probably went to film school where Carrie Kane Sparks is just like, I think she touched a camera for the first time and was like, okay, gonna make a movie. Don't know what that is, but I'm gonna do it. And yeah, that camera was like a Sony DV cam or something. <laughs> I don't yeah, um, yeah. This is this movie is not without charm. I will say that I don't like it. It's very bad. It's it's yeah. not worth seeking out for anyone. It's not like no. A, it's it's terrible. It's not it's not something anyone should watch. No, it's not a good bad movie by any stretch. But it does again. The sheriff character is, is kind of outlandish and surly and, and played by kind of a. A B-list character actor, a guy who's who's been around. He's not an amateur. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it also has another of uh, the best characters, which is his his nemesis. Uh, I don't know what her role is in the town. At first, it I seems should... as if she's like some sort of city councilman, but as as time goes on, she seems to just be like his secretary or something. Yeah, even though, and then at some point, she's supposed to be the mayor, but she doesn't really do anything. I, I don't know. This uh, we are of course talking about Peach. Uh, Peach and everybody fucking hates Peach. Like yeah. from the moment that she's on screen, like people are just like shut the fuck up, Peach. Yeah. And then the sheriff, at <laughs> any time he's near, he's just like, God damn it, Peach, Peach, Peachy Peach. He's just screaming about her. She's not even like in the scene, and he just finds a reason to scream about her. <laughs> it's crazy. 
And there's another scene too where, uh, like somebody says something like, "Oh, why does Peach always wear striped shirts?" Yes, why does Peach always wear stripes? So you can tell if she's walking or rolling. <laughs> I don't even know. What yeah, that means. it's like I know, and I was trying to think about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I th- I don't know what that how you would be able to tell that. I don't. So Peach, so Peach is like a, a somewhat obese uh, grandmother, uh, and oh, does indeed always wear striped shirts. But she's she's something of a town gossip, and uh, for whatever reason, the sheriff entrusts her with valuable information, despite knowing that she's the town gossip. And then yeah, and like literally wanting to kill her. Yeah, and then gets indignant when she gossips, but. Th- yeah. Such is the arc. And then, for whatever reason, we're treated to uh, Peach in the bathtub. Uh, Hell yeah, for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, where she sings the greatest song ever written, which is just like over and over again. She just keeps going, keep that rhythm in your heart. Keep that rhythm in your heart. Keep that rhythm in your heart. <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And the pig man kills her, her Yorkie. Yeah, that's a bummer, too. That's one of the only characters I like in that movie, the Yorkie and the Sheriff. Well, at least he didn't kill Peach. I just kind of assumed he was going to kill Peach at that point. I know. Peach not dying was a good twist. That might be, you know, the best part of this one. Didn't see that one coming at all. That, uh, that was, a, it was a blessing. I don't even, like, ask me who died in this movie. Did any, like, characters were introduced to die? No, I guess, like, the replacement Sheriff, the young guy that throws grenades, he died... Sure. And uh, then just like random characters that we don't actually know. Yeah. And even that sheriff, we don't really know. What do we know about him? He built like a punji yeah. sticks to well, try I guess, and like, impale the guy <laughs> with or something? Yeah. He has a few characteristics and like lines in the movie. So that's the difference between him and the other victims. Right. But even still, it's it's like two lines in the fucking movie. We see it, that punji stick effect is also quite fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Where it's, it's just like a total practical effect that obviously wouldn't do any damage to anyone because there's no like velocity to it. And no. then when they show it in action, it's just like the Earth's worst computer graphic. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Yep. Uh, th- this movie does do a few odd things that I didn't expect. Uh, one of which is, you know, you, you get a little, uh, and this is interesting to me, too. I feel like low-budget movies in the 80s and 90s, like a a topless woman was just like an expectation. Like you knew that was just going to pop up at any given point for one reason or another. And I I feel like that's fallen out of of fashion for one reason or another. This movie, you get the, the gratuitous boob shot, but then there's gratuitous full frontal at the end. Just a completely nude woman. Yeah, who's not a character in the film, and I just, I felt bad. I was like, why? What did they, like, sell this person? <laughs> yeah, it's she like, has no lines, really. No. Um, And she just gets completely naked. And it's the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> like, the scene doesn't need to exist, really. No, it's just to establish that Pigman lives on in the lake or something. Yeah, it's it's like he was sitting around, and he, like, uh, what's the guy's name? William Nelson, that's the director, and he was just like, man... You know, I, this movie, it's almost perfect, but it just, it needs something at the end here. We just can't end with this perfectly normal ending. And he's like, mm, vagina. There's no vagina in this. We need that. Need that vag. I just can't, you can't get that, like, image of the cigar chomping asshole out of your head then. It's like you're in fucking yeah. 
butt fuck nowhere and you're like hey babe want to be a star yeah you gotta take your clothes <laughs> off honey it's like yeah like who's that who's that guy from the 80s who's a total sleazebag and still makes movies he made like 976 evil and chopping mall uh oh jim winorski jim yeah, winorski who's like the ultimate cigar chomper like that's <laughs> holy uh, shit yeah there is a documentary about jim winorski that's worth Seeking out for the listeners. Uh, I think it's called I would say, yeah. Mr. Papadopoulos. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think so. It's a really interesting look at low-budget films because, A, Wynorski's a, a terrible cad, and B, he's like tasked with making a movie in like 72 hours or something obscene. <laughs> yeah, and he's just got, he's just like, well, you know, we got a, we got a house, we got like three porn stars here, a couple of guys, we'll just make it work. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And he does somehow. I don't know. Right. It's, it's clearly not like a a unique situation for him. It's like, well, I've done this 70 times before. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing new. Uh, now, this guy, William Nelson, oddly enough, experienced filmmaker. I don't know if you knew that about him, Myros. He actually is an award winning filmmaker. And he was well, yeah, Fireworms for, uh, was award winning. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Fireworms was award winning. Uh, no, I, I think I don't know if he won actually, but it, official selection for the 49th annual World Fest in Houston. A uh, little movie he did in 2016 called Rum Runners, and uh, that is not a horror film. It's just about the titular rum runners, and this is kind of weird because uh, there's a BuzzFeed article about it. <laughs> really. Oh, you know yeah. what else is weird? This movie stars Vernon Wells. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's something odd. Uh, Bennett well, himself. It's it's a community BuzzFeed post, so it's not like legit staff BuzzFeed that you have to pay for. But I mean, the fact that it's on here at all is kind of insane to me. Uh, it's it's weird. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. Like, how does this man come in contact with Vernon Wells? How does he put his his fucking public relations like press release out on buzzfeed like none of this makes any sense to me but yeah, what was letters, man vernon wells like coming off of fury road like yep uh, that's what i need to do that's my jam baby <laughs> he is in fury road right um or am i thinking I of the know. other guy he's in mad max too I- yeah no i no I, he might not be in fury road i think it's the toe cutter who's in fury road okay because yeah. the guy who plays the the Fucking Im- whatever the main pale villain fellow, Immortum yeah. Joe or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, I think it's the toe cutter. I was thinking it was Vernon Wells, but I don't think yeah. so. No, I, I mean, but Vernon Wells is. I think Vernon Wells is a guy you can call up and he'll do anything because he's he's got 172 acting credits to his name, and presently he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11 movies that are either in pre-production or are currently filming. (laughs) (laughs) He's literally in three movies right now where on IMDb it's listed as filming. (laughs) He's just doing three movies at once. Well, I am disappointed in George Miller for not calling him. Yeah. For Fury Road. Obviously, he's he's a cheap get. Yeah. I, I don't know. And he does a lot of voice acting work, too, and a lot of video games. Deus Ex, he does uh, voices for that. That's a series. Well, he should just get paid in perpetuity for playing Bennett in Commando. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. That was really his high point in life. 
Ah, man. So, uh, yeah, William Nelson, real director doing real things. Um, I noticed Myers- he also had like a serious business uh, documentary short, uh, something Ooh. about Bikini Atoll, which is like, what? What is this guy? <laughs> he's he's taking on the big subjects, man. You know, like uh, you know, worm zombies and 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 rum runners and other stuff like that. That's super important. Well, perhaps the the radioactive worms were in fact a result of nuclear testing, and that was perhaps explained in the film that we did not see. Yeah. Also, he was an executive producer on a Little Wayne documentary, which is fucking cool. You think he's been sipping syrup with Little Wayne? That, uh, if if we got an interview with him, that would be my first question. Uh, I really want to know. I wish there was more info on William Nelson. I just want to know how old he is. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, how old is he? Has he sipped syrup with Little Wayne? And how many cameras did he use on fireworms? <laughs> <laughs> that, those are my three big questions for him. Yeah. I like I like this. I think we should actually follow through with this, and maybe maybe we can intersperse the actual like movie episodes with us trying to talk to these people. Um, I could see that going south real quick. Um, <laughs> well, we have had some level of success on this slide in the past. Uh, this is true. Uh, yeah. well, I think we should tell the uh, the listeners about this. So, well, we have two separate incidents, right? Incident yeah. one is what we uh, had watched, uh, Killing Spree. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're drunk in the middle of the night, like I literally, think, like three a.m. Three a.m. And uh, somehow got a hold of Star of Killing Spree Asbestos Felt's phone number. And- we just Googled him, and he came up in the fucking white pages. It's like how many people can be named Asbestos Felt? And he lived in Florida, which is where Killing Spree was filmed. So we we're like, fuck it, it must be him. And also, so, uh, yeah, keep in mind that, in the morning. yeah, keep in mind that Florida is also <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. So it was it was three a.m. Yeah, and he just he answered the phone and talked to us. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was almost hard to get him off the phone. He was, was no, very he was very kind. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, you I, have a story about uh, uh, another director who we're quite fond of. Sure, there's there's a wonderful bad movie. Uh, it's it's trash, but like I love it. I've probably seen it, oh god, at least ten times. It's fantastic. It's called Get Even, and it's definitely in the same vein as like The Room or Birdemic or any of those ones that are like actually fun to watch. And uh, I'm had, sorry, Birdemic is not okay. Fun to but watch. I mean, people like the Birdemic. Sure. I, Birdemic is a little that the fucking bird squawks and the gun noises. We'll say we'll say fateful findings. Fateful findings. That's a Neil Breen movie, sure. So uh at at some point when I moved, I lost my copy, my DVD copy of Get Even. And that that hurt me on a on a very deep level because one, I love the movie. Two, if you Google it and you look at the the DVD cover, it's fucking amazing. Like it's it's real great. So I couldn't buy the movie anymore. And so I, I Googled the directors, this guy named John DeHart, and he's like a lawyer in Los Angeles. And I knew it was him because he's, his website is just like his fucking face plastered everywhere. <laughs> real handsome gent with a good mustache. And I called up his law firm law firm and heavy finger quotes because he answered the phone and it's definitely just his home phone number and i talked to him for about an hour about his movie and i asked him to send me 
a new copy because I could no longer buy it on the internet. And he informed me <laughs> during the course of this conversation that he had been continuously editing the film <laughs> since they wrapped production in like 1993. And then he shot some more stuff in the early 2000s and he's just continued to edit it. And he told me that it's no longer called Get Even. Now it's called Champagne and Bullets. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which is weird because there's bullets in the movie, but I, I don't think there's any champagne. Or if there is, I don't think it plays a major role in the film. But anyway. Like the champagne when he gets married. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, like yeah, sitting in front married. of the fire and sipping out of that shit. Oh, yeah. That whole, that whole montage scene where they're just like fucking all over the place, like on the bearskin rug and in the hot tub. And yeah, there's champagne everywhere. You're right. Because he like dumps some on her boobs and it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. It's all coming back to me now. Anyways. So he just sends me like a burned DVDR of of this like new master cut of his of his film, which I still have to this day. So the moral of the story is if you find a movie and it's bad or if it's good or if it's bad, good or good, bad or whatever, just call the director up. You're probably going to talk to somebody. Yeah, a lot of these people are, uh, you know, they have a bit of an ego. They they want some attention. That's yeah. why they're putting this stuff out into the world. So uh, if there's ever someone you're going to be able to get a hold of, this is a, a pretty a good yeah. pool to go fishing in. Now, I know Carrie Kane Sparks has a website because I spent some quality time on it, which I would encourage anyone to do, especially the mobile website, which is, uh, let me tell you, not optimized for mobile. <laughs> not optimized. Check that out. So we should be able to get a hold of her. I am concerned, though, because I don't know the logistics of Googling uh, old Willie Nelson and getting the right results. Yeah, I just tried that. Uh, I mean, obviously, more work could be done, but a, a yeah. cursory search is, is a Does, doesn't come up. No, we're going to have to difficult. do a little digging for that. <laughs> um, so. All right. So these, these two movies, obviously, for me, uh, not only is The Spy Who Boned Us the, the worst of the two, it's an absolute atrocity. And it is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's it's worse than Roller Gator to me. It's the worst. I, the absolute worst. I tend to agree. And while, while both of these films may have raised certain questions in my mind, I don't think either rose to the level of curiosity. I think I would, no. I would deem them both atrocities, uh, but... Yeah. I, I, I think to be a curiosity, there has to be like some sort of possibility that you could watch this again. And I don't ever want to watch any of this again. No, no. Maybe I just watch Peach in the Bath. You know. Yeah, good YouTube clip of Peach in the Bath. That's the only <laughs> thing I want to see. Uh, but yeah, I think we got a pair of atrocities here. But uh, that being said, I I'm gonna have to bow to you on this one because that's right. Bend the knee, it, motherfucker. It's Bend not close. The knee. It's not close. This is just. Yeah, uh, that's what I do. I, I lured you in with the first with the first couple episodes, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, Myros, man, you're better at picking these than I am." And then you know what I did? I hit you with a haymaker because you you let your guard down. That's what happens. This is well, it would beat any film I threw at it. I think so. It's for the best that maybe Fireworms isn't the worst thing we've watched. Uh, I'd hate to waste the real heavy on this. <laughs> yeah, be <laughs> <Pretty> sad. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, I think uh, that about wraps this, but I want to start uh, giving our listeners a little heads up so they could perhaps, if they're so inclined, uh, play along. Oh, yeah, for sure. A little sadistic game. 
Yeah, they could they could follow along with us. They could be ready for the next episode. Right. So, so, so uh, what are we what are we watching next? I I believe next episode is going to be uh, another theme, our musical spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> finally uh, a low budget musical. Where I am, uh, I'm proffering a little film called Psycho Betty's from Planet Pussycat. Uh, mm. What are you What are you bringing against me, Cal? Uh, I am bringing. <laughs> A self-described gay steampunk musical called Professor Tom Foolery Saves the World. I think both of these are going to be insufferable. Because yeah, well, you hate gay people. That's it, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> that's, no, we don't hate gay people. I just... I've got this... Yeah, I've, I've watched the trailer for both of these. It's not, it's not going to be a fun time for anybody. So... Yeah, and Myros, how much do you love musicals? Uh, you know, if it's if it's the right type, I'm I'm down for an old Hollywood uh, song and dance number, but uh, generally not not a big fan. No, and we, we've talked about before about how when you when you make a movie, a low budget movie, especially one of the first things you have to do is you have to be acutely aware of your own limitations, both budgetary and, and skill wise. And I feel like doing a musical isn't the best way to like utilize your your low your low budget like that's that seems like a big undertaking yeah it's a bit ambitious especially considering i don't think we've encountered a single movie yet that has managed to properly uh handle their sound mixing Mm -hmm. so it'll be good to see you know people singing all the time it's gonna be great can't wait super excited all right well if you enjoyed today's episode let us know hit us up on twitter at optimism vaccine or you can tweet at me, at Steve Cuff. That's at Steve C-U-F-F. Myros is a liar. He says he doesn't have Twitter. The fact of the matter is he doesn't use Twitter. So I would recommend that everyone listening today spam the shit out of his Twitter account. He is at Myrosity. That's at M-I-R-O-S-I-T-Y. Make sure you just, yeah, repeatedly spam him with um, just lewd images and, and your opinions. If you have a really long-form thing that you'd like to send us, that's okay, too. OptimismVaccine at gmail.com. We would love to get your email. Uh, we would love to discuss your thoughts and comments of these horrific movies on air. You could be a star. We'll make you a star like Carrie Kane Sparks. And you could be the next Kristen Wiig in a Carrie Kane Sparks movie. <laughs> Fucking kill me. Other than that, make sure you head to iTunes. There is a link in the description below this very podcast that you are listening to. You've got to do something real simple for us. Click the link in the description. Really, just look at the description and just tap on it. That'll take you to the iTunes page. Please rate and review this podcast. Give us five stars and a written review that helps our visibility. And the more visible we are, the more people we can reach. And the more people we can reach, the more content we can create for you. Yes, caustic content as well as other things as well. Uh, we're, we're, just, we're just looking to pump out the tent. Isn't that right, Myros? Always looking to pump out that tent. Yep, tent pumpers. That's what we do. So uh, that about wraps things up. And I, I hope to God that next week is, is better for us. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>